0: You're listening to Coldo di Messianic Congregations weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at koldo Let's turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 29, if you would. Deuteronomy 29, and where Suzanne read earlier. And look at Nitz Nitzavim. And Father we pray you open our eyes to be able wonderful things from your word now beshem yeshua gal niflaot metora techa. we pray speak to our hearts god fill us with your spirit teach us give us open eyes open hearts in yeshua's name amen let's look at verses 13 and 14, where he says this. He says, not with you alone. I love this phrase. Let's say not with you alone. Not with you alone. This is verse 13. Not with you alone am I cutting this covenant and this oath, but with whomever is standing here with us today before Adonai our God and with whomever is not here with us today. I love this. He says, I'm cutting this covenant. <clears throat> now, a covenant or treaty being cut today. Now, the rabbis see it differently. There's different opinions on this. Was this a, some see it as a new, actually, post Sinai covenant. Others as a renewal of the Sinai covenant here, what Moses is talking about. And I, I like what one rabbi likens it to a marriage, how at different stages of life, you know, you have a, the marriage has to be renewed. You have a marriage with young children, and your marriage is at one stage, but when your children grow up, it, your marriage has to, has to be renewed into another stage, and you have to ad- adapt to each other in another way. That was a very good analogy. Well, <clears throat> we will be, God says in verses 11 and 12, he says, we will be his people. You'll be my people, and I will be your God, as, as he promised our father's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's an amazing, special relationship, an intimate relationship. And so I love this phrase, not with you alone. Not with you alone. God says, you're not enough. You're not enough. I want more. It's not, not enough for me to just have you. I want more. And he says, with whomever is, is standing here and with whomever whomever is not standing here With us today. Now, who's it referring to? Well, certainly it's referring to Israel then present and Israel future. The Jewish people there and the Jewish people later, who are going to be later, successive generations later. But also, beyond this, I think, and I'd like to certainly see it as beyond that, reaching to Jew and Gentile. To Israel and the nations. And I'd, certainly we know that as God's heart. And we know that from the Brit Chadashah the new covenant. Ephesians 2, verses 12, 13, and 19, I read. At that time, you were separate from Messiah, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and the strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Messiah Yeshua, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of the Messiah. Verse 19 says, so then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but your fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. God's heart to bring Gentile, Jew and Gentile together. In one body. Romans 11:17 and 24. But if some of the branches were broken off and you, being a wild olive, were grafted in among them and became a partaker of the root of the olive tree with its richness, he says. Then he says, if you were cut off... Out of that which by nature is a wild olive tree, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? A, a, a verse, of course, lemon 24: Romans. We we pray and you know for our our Jewish people so much. We, Go back to that and say, "Oh, how much more can they come back?" It's your olive tree. This is your Messiah. Yeshua is not a foreign God. He's not the Christian God. He's not the. He's not for the Goyim, for the Gentiles. He's uh, in terms of you know, he's not for us. He's just for no. He's our Messiah, and he's for all people. Of course, he's for the for everyone. He's but but he's our Messiah. We, it's your olive tree, and they're partaking of it. And well, we could say. Spend hours on that, of course. So, what a beautiful promise! God says, "Not with you alone." I just love that phrase, don't you? "Not with you alone." I want more. I want more. Deuteronomy thirty, verses eleven through fourteen. Then this is another the second section. Look at this. For this mitzvah that I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you. What? Nor it is far. Is it far off? It's not in the heavens that you should say who will go up for us to the heavens and get it for us and have us hear it so we may do it? Nor is it across the sea that you should say, who will cross over for us to the other side of the sea and get it for us and have us hear it so we may do it? No, the word is very near to you in your mouth and in your heart to do it. So it's like the Lord is saying, when I read that, I see here the Lord saying, stop making excuses, stop complaining. Stop saying, it's too hard. It was If it was more accessible, gee, I'd be all over that. No, it is accessible, the Lord says. It's right within your grasp. It's right there. Paul quotes it, this passage in Romans 10, verses 6 through 8, referring to the righteousness that's based not on works, not on deeds, but on faith, emunah, on trust. He says, it's all through trust. Yes, you have it. And I kind of think it 's like I kind of liken it to nike 's trademark, one of their trademarks, just do it uh, I'm not, you know remember remember that one just do it, so my part and god 's part it's to, they work together and i I think of riding a wave anyone do body surfing ever like body surfing riding a wave. We live right on the ocean here in Nashville and How many surfers here in Nashville? You moved here to Nashville to surf, right? (laughs) Can never get our son-in-law and daughter to come back from California because he's a surfer. (laughs) So, I don't know. But, uh, but... I'll tell you, I, you know, was recently, we were recently visiting family in Florida, and, and there is nothing like catching a good wave, you know, body surfing. I'm not a surfer. I don't think I could, I, I they say you could still do it, but I had knee surgery a long time ago to ACL repair. I don't think I could do it. but I can body surf, you know, and, uh. And I, there's nothing like catching a good wave. It's just like, I mean, heaven to me. It's like the closest thing to heaven when you catch that <laughs> wave and, you're, and, you're, and it takes you in. You get it just right. And it's, and you know, but it's, it's, it's a joint effort, right? It's like, so I think of that, it's a good analogy. It's like you have to, you leap up and you have to get it just right. And you have many efforts before you succeed, as you know, you know. And it, and it pulls you into its power and it takes you into shore. You know, and, or takes you as far as, it, you know, hopefully as far as, again, depends on the, on the waves that day. And this is what it's like to do God's commandments, I think. We are, the Bible says, co-workers with him, 1 Corinthians 3.9. We are workers together with God. We do it with him. We don't do it in our own power. We do it through his power but we we do do it with him. We are cooperating with him, yielding to him. You know, it's a a joint effort. Does that make sense? Anyway, that's the way I I think it's a good analogy. So, third section, Deuteronomy 30, verses 15, and last section, last section, 30, verses 15, 19, and 20. And Suzanne mentioned this one at the beginning today. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and and evil. These are very famous verses. I call the heavens and the earth to witness about you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore, God says, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Now, how do we live? How do we live? Chaim, how do we have life? Chaim, I asked Brent just before service, I said, what do you Think of anything when you, about life, definitional. And he said, well, it's plural. I said, oh, yeah, that's right. Chaim, life is plural word, right? Shemaim, the heavens, always plural. Uh, what else did you say was plural? What else? Mayim, water. Yeah, mayim, plural. Interesting. So he mentioned the idea of fullness, and that's a great one. Fullness of life, you know, fullness of joy, fullness of life. The So there's full of God's life. And how do we have life? How do we have life? he says. Here, choose life that you may your sense may live by loving the Lord, your God, and listening to His voice and clinging to him. That's how. That's how. For He is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell on the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Wow, if I want to have God's fullness, if I want to experience, not death, but life, have God's presence, have God's fullness, have God's uh, closeness, it's a matter of these three things. And I want to focus on those three things for a few minutes before as, and we, as we finish. We have free will, right? Choice. In a sense, it's up to me. Choice. God says you choose. Life and good. Death and evil, life and death, the blessing and the curse. Two paths before me. Which will I choose, right? Which will I choose? Now, this is in areas of our lives. Think about it. Which will you choose? Humbling myself or being proud? Let's put it practical. Let's make it, bring it down to earth. Insisting I'm right because I know I am or becoming wrong, so to speak, for others sake. Do you know that's what Yeshua did? If you think about it. He who knew no sin, he wasn't wrong, he wasn't sinful, never sinned. Became sin for our sake that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Wow. 2 Corinthians 5:21. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become in order that we might Have it, have His righteousness in Him. Am I going to insist I'm right, or am I going to become wrong, so to speak? So that am I I going to win the argument or save my marriage? (laughs) Hello, (laughs) I'm embarrassed. Historically, ancient civilizations did not believe in human freedom, but in fate, fortune, and the influence of the stars or the arbitrariness of nature. Scientific atheism tells us that we are determined by our genes, that our fate is scripted in our DNA. But we believe, according to the scriptures, that we have the power and the responsibility of choice to choose life or death, holding on to an offense or forgiving, revenge or redemption. Insisting on my right to serve myself or sacrificing myself for Yeshua's sake and following in his steps. Bending my ear to poison, the poison of gossip, or refusing to do so and speaking, rather choosing to speak words of blessing. And edification, let no evil communication proceed out of your mouth. No, corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for the use of edification, to minister grace to the hearers. Ephesians 4.29 actually says that. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth, but that which is good for the use of building up others, ministering grace, not what we deserve, but grace to the hearers. Or we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. What is the path of life? Three things. Loving, in the Hebrew, la ahava, you know, ahav, love, ahava. La ahava, here. Listening, lishmoa or lishmoa, rather. Lishmoa, and then clinging, ka. These three things, loving, listening, clinging, verse 20 of chapter 30. Therefore, God says, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. How? By loving Adonai, your God, listening to his voice and clinging to him. For he is your life and the length of your days. The word loving, ahava, means to devote completely to another. The word listening means to, to listen, to pay attention to. Shema, we get Shema Yisrael, to listen. The word to cling, davak, like Ruth clung to Naomi, means to cleave closely to. Psalm sixteen eight through 11 says, I have set Adonai always before me. I want to say that again, and maybe you want to say it too. I have set Adonai always before me. Not something else. No, Lord, I've set Adonai always before me. Him and not something else. And the Hebrew is, I've set Adonai evenly and smoothly. It means opposite me. I've set him opposite me always. Since he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor let your faithful one to see the pit. You make known to me the path of life. Orech Hayim, the path of life, the place where I interact and encounter God's life. Abundance of life, of, of joys rather, abundance of joys. In the Hebrew Sheva, it's literally, could be translated seven joys. In other words, innumerable, unlimited joys are in your presence, eternal pleasures at your right hand. He's my life. I choose to set him always before me, always opposite me because he's the one that anchors me. He's where I interact and encounter God's presence and God's purpose. Yeshua said the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have, what? Chaim, life, and have it abundantly. Well, who's my life? What's life? He is my life. Deuteronomy 30, verse 20. Paul says it this way, Therefore, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Messiah, keep seeking the things that are above where Messiah is, seated, sitting at the right hand of God. Focus your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Messiah in God. When Messiah, who is your life, there it is again, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory." And then verse, that's 1 through 4, verse 10 and 11, and have, you have put on the new self that is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Here, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, savage, aren't you glad there's no longer barbarian and so on, <laughs> savage, slave and free, but Messiah is, is all and in all. He's everything. He's my all and in all. He's everything. Colossians 3.11. In other words, He's my focus. He is our focus. The distinctions do most certainly exist, but we're not fixated on them. We're rather fixated primarily upon Yeshua, though the other things exist. And this is Definitely more my emphasis. This is what I reach for personally. Perhaps more like Saul or Paul and John or Yohanan over as opposed more to, maybe as a, in contrast a little more to Peter or Kephas and James or Jacob, Yaakov. The inner, the hidden life. Richard Wormbrandt, Watchman Nee. It's not for everyone. Some prefer greater emphasis on externals. To each his own. Perhaps at, a di- at different seasons in our lives, we find and we meet God more in one than the other. I really believe that. And that is why we have the appeal of both liturgical and primitive, formal and contemporary, intellectual and mystical. It's a, we're a, a large tent as the body of Messiah and as people of God. But the important thing is loving, listening, clinging. Doesn't this describe what marriage is or should be? Loving, listening, clinging to my spouse. A healthy marriage. Well, think of it. That's my marriage to the Lord, too. Devoting completely to him. Loving. Well, where did it start? He first loved me, right? 1 John 4, 10 and 19, here in his love, not that we love God, but he first loved us. He first devoted himself completely to me, going to the cross for my sins, to the tree for my sins. Now I'm entirely devoted back to him. He first paid attention, listened, Shomea, to me. He listened to my cry in Psalm 40, and he rescued me. Psalm 40, verse one, he, I waited patiently for the Lord. He bent down and he heard my cry and he brought me up out of the slimy pit and out of the mud and mire and he set my feet on a rock and he made my steps firm. He first res- listened to me and rescued me. He was mindful of me first Psalm, in Psalm 8. It says, even though I couldn't have cared less about him, Isaiah 65 verse 1 I've sought I've found of those who sought me night I said behold me to a to a people that ask not for me God says I love that verse Isaiah 65 verse 1 so now I as a result listen to him pay attention to him but it started with him and I, I whatever his desire and command is I'm ready to follow and then clinging cleaving closely to him. He first grasped and laid hold of me, Paul says, Philippians three twelve. I, I He says it this way. Uh, find it here. He says, not, not that I've already obtained or been perfected, but I press on. If only I might take hold of that for which Messiah Yeshua took hold of me. Right? He first took hold of me. And so now I want to take hold back of him. I'm clinging to him. I cleave closely to him to follow him wherever he goes. I love Yeshua saying in John twelve twenty six, if any man serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there also will my servant be. Loving, listening, and clinging indeed will mean, and I finish with this, it will indeed mean suffering, praying, and possibly dying for Yeshua. And many are doing that. I don't know why I shouldn't say many, but I know some are right now probably in Afghanistan or will. We are those who, like the 144,000 from every tribe of the children of Israel, have our foreheads engraved with his name, and we, I love Revelation 14.4 says we follow, they, but we we want to do it too, they follow the lamb wherever he goes, wherever he goes. Loving, listening, clinging to the Lord equals choosing and finding life. We're in lockstep with him, inseparable, right? It looks different for each person and at different times. Father, we just thank you and we praise you. And our desire, Lord God, is to find, choose life, Lord. To list, love, listen, and cling to you. Thank you for giving us this instruction, this Map this blueprint, this clarity and guideline. We're so grateful to be able to follow you. That where you are there, we may be also. That's our desire. We're raised up with you. Adon Yeshua, Lord Yeshua, we are raised up with you. Help us to keep seeking the things that are above where you are right now, sitting at the right hand of God, focusing our mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Because we're dead, we've died, and our life's hidden with you in God. And you're our life. We bless you. We thank you. If you've never trusted Yeshua, you're listening today, you're watching today, you've never trusted Yeshua personally, the Bible says, Scriptures say, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued. He wants to deliver you out of that miry pit. In Psalm 40. He wants to bend down. And he hears your cry. He'll bring you up out of the slimy pit out of the mud and mire, set your feet on a rock, make your steps firm, put a new song in your mouth right today and a hymn of praise to our God, and many will see and fear and trust in the Lord. Do it right now. Don't put it off. Call upon the name of Yeshua right now where you are. He will do it. He will do it. Let us know so we can help you in your new walk in Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Ya'er Adonai P'navelecha v'yichunecha. Yissa Adonai P'navelecha v'yassem lecha shalom. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach sarha shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat shalom.